Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Singing on Baptism Sunday. I will rise. Because that's part of the meaning of baptism itself, that we will rise. And so, uh, praise the Lord. Man, I'm excited. Um, On December 3rd, just a few weeks from now, we will celebrate, we just call it Dome Celebration, and uh, we will be celebrating 14 years here in the Dome. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Amen. And one of the ways we celebrate is by cutting my sermon short, (laughs) spreading the tables, (laughs) And we're asking you, it's, it's kind of like dinner on the ground uh, for the old folks here, uh, to bring your Sunday lunch plus a little bit extra for our guests, and then we'll clear this side of the dome out, spread the tables, and we will feast in this place. And, and a part of what we will do on that day is we will kind of recap and our journey and go over uh, how we got here, and then a little bit about where we're going. It'll be an exciting time. I'll remind you every Sunday between now and then. But anyway, uh, remember Dome Celebration. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about the true meaning of baptism. The true meaning of baptism. I felt like this would be appropriate before we baptize today. The true meaning of baptism. And I want to start by sharing with you a verse... Or it's not even a complete verse, it's just a statement within a verse in the latter part of Romans, the fifth chapter. It is an amazing, it's a wonderful, a popular, and an appreciated statement in God's Word. And, and here's what it says. It says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Would, would, you, would you just read that with me, everybody in the house? But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now, there is no wonder why that verse is so loved and so appreciated. It's real easy to figure that one out. Do you know why? Because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. All we like sheep have gone astray. We're all in the same boat. We all have a sin problem. And so here we have a verse that says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Wow, that's good news. Now in today's language, what that means is this, that we've all made mistakes, that we've all messed up from time to time. No exceptions. Every last one of us. We've all done battle with sin and lost at times. We've all been touched by the stain of sin upon our lives. 
Every now and then someone will come into a church like ours for the first time, and this is what they will think. They'll think, it's the enemy that puts this thought into their heads. They will think, I'm such a terrible, bad, ungodly sinner, and here I am among all these good, wonderful people. No. No, that's not the way it is. We're all in the same boat. We're all desperately lost without Christ Jesus. We're all sinners, saved by grace. We've been singing about grace. And and so here we have a statement in God's Word, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now friends, any way you look at that, that's good news. That's hallelujah territory. That's shouting ground. You know what that means? That means that there's hope for every last one of us. That, that, that means there's hope, listen to this, for the worst of us. That means that when sin has done everything in its power to destroy you, grace has the power to restore you. Wow. The theologians would put it this way. The theologians would say, what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary was greater than what Satan did in the Garden of Eden. It's a greater work. You see, friends, when sin comes in and does its most evil and vile and ungodly work, grace can come in and do a greater work. That's what it means. It's a simple but glorious and wonderful statement. It means that the destructive power of Satan is no match for the redemptive power of our God and what He's capable of of doing through grace in our lives. You see, when grace, saving grace, restoring grace, the grace of God comes in, the grace of God can move into a place. Somebody here needs to hear this today. The grace of God can move into a place where sin has been abounding, where sin has been dominating, where sin has been controlling, where sin is even destroying, and grace can come in and change all of that and turn it around for the glory of God. It's a wonderful thing. It is marvelous. And every sense of the word, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now friends, without a doubt, that's one of the greatest truths you'll ever find in God's word. But listen to me. It's also one of the easiest to misinterpret and to misunderstand and to use incorrectly. And for that reason, Paul, after he makes that statement, immediately goes into a rather long discourse of several chapters on the subject of grace, explaining how we need to be very careful that we don't misinterpret grace. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you a couple of those chapters. And I want you to listen. And I do want to say this to you. You will... Receive a lot more out of this if you'll close your Bible. Cut off your electrical device. It's not often you hear a pastor say, close your Bible. You can go back and read it later. But but I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it with your physical ears. And I want you to hear it with your spiritual ears. I want you to let the Holy Spirit sink this into your heart. 
And I want you to listen carefully to the number of times that Paul makes it crystal clear that grace is never to be used as an excuse to stay in sin or to continue living a lifestyle displeasing to God. And I want you to listen for the number of times that the Apostle Paul makes it clear for those of us who are believers, for those of us who have been baptized, the number of times that Paul makes it crystal clear that if you keep sinning, it will continue to produce death in your life. Grace is a wonderful thing, but it is never an excuse to keep sinning. So listen up. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over Him. For in that He died, He died unto sin once. But in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. Listen now. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? He says it the second time. God forbid! Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. But you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. 
I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. And that's good stuff. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But, if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren... We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For we have not, for all those who have been called of Him are led of the Holy Spirit. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we say, say it with me, Abba Father. Wow. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together 
For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our bodies. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No! And all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, friends, 
when Paul says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And then he, he goes in to this explanation of a changed, glorified life for the glory of God. These chapters are talking about the riches, the glory, the beauty, the rewards of those who have received the grace of God. So, you think I forgot my title, don't you? What's the true meaning of baptism? I'll tell you and you'll never forget it. This is the true meaning of baptism. Baptism says, I have received that grace. I have received that grace. I've received the grace of God that gave me the strength and power to leave an old life behind. I've received the grace of God which has given me the strength and the power to begin a new life in Christ that will bring glory to His name. What's the meaning of baptism? Baptism means that the old you died and there's a new you. And it's only by grace. It's only by grace. 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 God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. The songwriter says, Say, thank God for grace. One more thing. Say, I'll never use grace as an excuse to stay in sin. See, that's really understanding what grace is all about. That's what grace is all about. I want you to get ready to celebrate with me. Those of you who have received this grace of God and want to testify to that fact through baptism today, I want you to just stand up and come stand up here on the stage with me right now. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to need another mic. Praise the Lord. Man, what, a, what an awesome thing grace is. You know, uh, when you think about it, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one, that we deserve. When I ask, people talk to me about what they deserve. You know, I deserve this, I deserve this. And you know what I think about is every last one of us, we deserve death and hell. That's what we deserve. But God gives us a gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we celebrate today baptism. Tell us your name, and if you want to say something else, you can. Ivy Lloyd. And you've received Christ. Yes, sir. And the grace of the Lord. Yes, sir. Amen. Debbie Whittington. And you've received Christ. Yes. And the grace that he brought into your life. Yes. Amen. Amen. Matthew Chetnick. Matthew, you've received the Lord yes, sir. as your personal Savior, and you've received that grace. Yes, sir. Amen. Kelsey. 
<laughs> Kelsey Allen. And you've received Christ. Yes, sir. And you've received that grace yes, that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you rejoice with me, congregation? <laughs> So basically, the scripture I quoted is that we are buried with Christ in baptism, raised in the likeness of Christ to walk in newness of life. So really, what this is about is the grace that God provides for you, uh, for individuals, so that when you go down into that water, you're symbolizing a death and burial. And when you come up, you're celebrating a resurrection to new life in Christ Jesus. I want you to go immediately to the back and get ready for baptism. I'll be back there to join you in just a moment. And now I want to ask you, I want to ask you a personal question. Have you received the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.